This is the Amazing Starts Here podcast, a podcast of the New York Mets minor league system. That's Billy Harner. My name is Keith Rad. We're part of the High A Brooklyn Cyclones, and today we talk to one of their pitchers, Eric Orsi. Billy, you've been excited about this for a, a while, ever since we heard that Eric was drafted in 2020. He is from Chicago, went to the University of New Orleans, but he's a two-time cancer survivor. Testicular cancer in 18 and skin cancer at the end of his testicular cancer run. Uh, such a great outlook on life and a terrific story today. Yeah, obviously, you know, when you're working with a baseball team, you're around a baseball team, baseball and stats and all that stuff is is everywhere. You know, like that's, that's part of the game and, and that's how people judge people. But uh, I've been excited just to get to know Eric because of his story and the fact that what he was able to overcome um, what he's been able to, you know, turn around and become a professional baseball player, um, and just his his attitude and his mentality on on how he overcame the adversity and how he manifested, you know, this destiny of his to become a, a professional baseball player. So, um, you know, he it's it, you like to root for the uniforms, and sometimes you, you root for the players, and this is definitely a guy who uh, I will, you know, be rooting for, obviously with the Cyclones, but as he goes forward. He's a guy you want to see do well, um, just because of you know the kind of person he is and and what he uh, is as a representative of the Mets organization. So it's our conversation with Eric Orsi. If you're having a tough day or you're wondering, I don't know, today is just not for me. Listen to this. This will get you back on track. It's our conversation with Eric Orsi. So Eric, you've probably lived a few different lives or a number of different lives in one uh, with your life experience. Uh, how do you tell people when they say, what's your life story? What, what do you even tell them? Um, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Uh, uh, you know, I had a little roller coaster ride over the past couple of years, getting to the point where I'm at now, uh, obviously playing professional baseball here, but um, you know, it was, a, it was a lot of ups and downs from, from right out of high school, going to junior college. And then, uh, finding a Division One school uh, down in in New Orleans, um, and then dealing with uh, uh, two different types of cancer, and just kind of having my whole life flipped upside down, and um, you know, going through that experience really, really forced me to to grow up and, and get serious about baseball and get serious about life. So, um, you know, I, I just try and keep it pretty general, try not to get into too much detail with it, but. Um, you know, going going through the the couple battles with cancer that I had really really forced me to mature and grow up and and um, kind of relit that passion for uh, life and just baseball in general. So, so you, you talked obviously about you know your your two battles with cancer. Um, that's sort of what has been uh, you know the, the what people talk about you know with you obviously because it's such a unique story and what you've been able to overcome. Um, so sort of take us back to how this all sort of started, where you were, you thought you were just sore from being a bullpen catcher and, and all of a sudden uh, your life sort of gets turned upside down. Yeah. So we actually, that year at New Orleans, we had, I believe, four catchers on the roster and three of them ended up getting hurt or were not able to play at one point in time. So we just had one guy left. Um, so I, I just, you know, kind of volunteered. was like, hey, you know, I used to catch in high school. I can catch some bullpens in practice or, or help out during inner squads. And, um, you know, I didn't really think much of, of any of the pain that I was having at the time. Just kind of attributed it to, you know, catching for the first time in four or five years, whatever. Um, 
And then, you know, just out of nowhere, one morning woke up and just was in excruciating pain and, and, um, you know, went to the hospital, had a, a ultrasound done and, and obviously found out I had cancer at that point. And, um, you know, I tell everybody it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, I actually, I laughed at the doctor when he told me, I didn't, didn't really believe that's, that's, you know, it was true. We, they kind of talked about a couple options of what the pain could be from. And that wasn't one of the options. So I just, I literally laughed at the doctor in his face and was like, you didn't tell me that was, that was something that could have happened. Um, and then just like five minutes into that, I just remember my hands starting to shake and you know, I just lost it, got really emotional, started crying. And, and, um, you know, those feelings that it was just kind of, uh, that, that overwhelming feeling of, um, you know, just not knowing what had happened and, and how I had gotten to that point. Um, and then honestly, pretty quickly there within, within a couple hours, I had my coaches show up and, and, um, my girlfriend at the time had come with me, uh, and my trainer as well at, at university of New Orleans was with me as well. And, um, you know, pretty, pretty quickly, I, I, um, was just ready to attack this thing, get it, get it out of me and, and, um, you know, get, try and do everything I could to get back on the field. And, uh, once, once that moment hit, it was just like a tunnel vision to getting back on the baseball field and, and getting into peak shape and doing everything I could to, to really just focus in on getting it into professional baseball. Um, it's been my dream since, man, I can even remember, um, my earliest memories, I'm, I'm playing baseball, I'm throwing a ball uh, in the backyard with my dad, and, and this is everything I'd ever wanted to do. So, um, you know, I tell everybody the, the cancer diagnosis was was a blessing in disguise because it, um, you know, kind of got me in that tunnel vision um, mindset and just everything was was geared towards making myself a better person and a better baseball player to um, have this opportunity that I have right now. So then you come out of the, I guess, the therapy for testicular cancer, and then they find out, you find out at the end, like, like, yes, to get supersized at McDonald's. They said, hey, by the way, we have a little skin cancer for you. Uh, what was that like at that point? So at that point, honestly, it was just more frustration. Um, you know, I was, I felt like I was ready to get back on the field and start getting after it again. And it was just kind of like that. All right, hang on. We're not done yet. Like we got some more stuff to take care of. And, uh, um, I mean, not that, not that skin cancer isn't, uh, something to be taken seriously. Obviously it's, it's something you got to pay attention to, but, uh, in terms of like recovery, it's, it's not as severe as, as the previous cancer, you know, you just have a little bit of skin kind of cut off. They sew you shut and for about two weeks you have stitches in you. Um, so at that point it was just more of a nuisance. I was trying to get back in the weight room. I wanted to get moving again, get on the field, get throwing and, and, um, I actually ended up having, uh, four moles removed that were cancerous. So that's, that's pretty much eight weeks right there. It was, well, six weeks I had, uh, the first time I went, I just found one, they found one, um, second time I went, they found two. So I had two weeks there and then an additional two weeks later, um, the third time I went. So, um, I mean, it was just, it was just frustrating at that point. It was like, man, I'm just ready to get back on the field, you know, get dive back into baseball and, and really give this my all. And it just continued to kind of push that timeline back. Yeah, at that point, I would have just been like, "All right, scan, scan everything. Just let's let's get this all out of the way now." <laughs> right, have, right. Enough of this. I, I've always sort of thought that you know, dealing with uh, obstacles. Obviously, obviously, cancer is a, a a little bit different from what most people deal with. But I think being an athlete and being around sports, I think that gives people the the sort of proper mindset to be able to overcome stuff like this. Uh, and you know, you talked about how this was sort of your your goal and gave you tunnel vision into you know, I'm, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be a professional baseball player. But how important do you think just the mindset of an athlete is 
in, in what you went through and were able to overcome? Oh man, it was, it was close to everything. Um, I mean, to be successful in sport, you got to be, uh, you know, extremely motivated and, and um, disciplined and just be able to focus in on, on your moment that when it's time to perform, you have to be able to just take care of the task at hand. Um, and, and that's kind of the mindset that I just took to, to getting over this cancer was really just like, okay, what, do, what are the steps that we need to take in order for me to get back on the field? And there wasn't really a moment of me being scared or nervous or upset about it. It was just like, okay, these are, this is the, the plan of action that we're going to take. And at that point it was just, okay, how quickly can we schedule all these things to get done just so that I can, I can get back on the field. And, and that definitely comes from sport when, when, uh, you know, you're trying to get better at your game and in any aspect, you kind of, you, you lay out that, that series of, um, you know, that, that strategy or that, that plan of action that you want to take to take your game to the next level, whatever that is, whether it's in the weight room, stretching, mobility, um, you know, biomechanics and pitching, whatever it is, you, you kind of have to dive in, figure out what you need to do. And then it's just that, that schedule of, okay, this is how we need to take care of it. This is the timeline of when it's going to, how long it's going to take and let's get it done. So from you saying all that, it definitely makes it sound that you had it in your mind from the very beginning that being a professional baseball player was something you want to do because some, maybe some people in your position get that diagnosis, take a break from the field and say, okay, I'm going to focus on this and life and, and not play baseball. So from, from what age or what station in your life did you say, I want to be a pro ball player? As young as I can remember. Um, I think I think the the cancer diagnosis forced me to get really serious about taking um, specific actions to making sure that that was I don't want to say a guarantee because it's never guaranteed, but as close to a guarantee as I could get it. Um, you know, it kind of forced my hand to say, OK, well, if you really want to play baseball, it can be taken away from you this quickly. So you can't take any of these opportunities for granted. And you really got to dive into this game and, and um, you know, start working a lot harder and. and pay a lot more attention to detail um, and just, just really make sure that you are doing everything in your power every day to get a little bit better. So you're getting better. You're back on the field. You're performing. You're, you're doing well. Um, it's time for the draft. The draft usually has 40 rounds. Just kidding. We have five. Like nope. how, like at what point were you just like, this is absolutely F curse and ridiculous. And yeah. I, I've, I've just like, there's there's a scene from uh I think it's Modern Family where Cam says I would not be a very inspiring disabled person. That's me. Like I would just be like, this is ridiculous. That's enough. I've I've had enough. So I, like, how do you through all of this just stay? Uh, you know, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be a professional baseball player. Five rounds, forty rounds doesn't matter. I'm getting drafted, and then I'm going to play baseball. Yeah, honestly, uh, there might be a little a little crazy obsession with baseball in my head somewhere somewhere built in. Um, cause I feel like most people probably would have seen that situation. And, and, um, well, well, on top of that too, it was just like with the coronavirus hitting as well, I'd only gotten three outings that year. Um, and then obviously missing the previous year and half of the, the year before that, there really wasn't much, much, um, you know, of my performances to go on in terms of getting drafted. And then we find out that it's only five rounds instead of 40 rounds. And it's like, okay, this is just rigged against me. Like somebody somewhere <laughs> is telling me that I'm not supposed to be playing baseball right now. Like professional baseball needs to wait. Um, but no, I think it just kind of motivated me more. It, it forced my hand, like I said, to, to really dive into this and, and, you know, show everybody like I'm, I'm not just a cool story. I have this talent. Um, 
And I care about this game a lot. It's it's what I've always wanted to do. And I'm going to prove it to anybody that's that's willing to pay attention. Um, and, and I didn't want anybody to have any reason to pass me up. So in a draft like that, that's five rounds, teams obviously – their strategy completely changes. So did you expect a call that day? Did you expect it to be the Mets that day? So there was a couple teams that I had, I had heard from um, that I knew maybe were going to give me a chance. Um, you know, I kind of had those nerves inside of me where um, I'm big on trying to manifest what I want and, and kind of speaking it into existence. So, you know, leading up to that every day, I was telling myself, like, you're getting drafted, you're getting drafted, just, you know, keep working every day do what you can to, um, you know, just do what you can control and, and um, you know, everything's going to work out. Um, and then I, I want to say the morning of that second day, I kind of woke up and I was like, I'm getting drafted today. And, and as the day kind of went on, wasn't really getting any phone calls, hadn't heard anything from, from my agent or anybody. And, and uh, you know, got a little nervous for sure. It, it was kind of those feelings of when you're a little kid, pro ball seems so like, it seems like a fairy tale. It seems so like distant, something that's like out of reach and it doesn't really seem real. Um, and the, the day got further in, part of me started feeling like it's just going to keep happening again. Like you are right on the cusp of potentially playing pro ball, but it's, it's a fairy tale. It's not going to happen yet. Um, and then I started getting a couple phone calls here and there. I think uh, around the end of the second round, um, I got a couple phone calls from teams and, and my agent just, you know, getting feelers out there, seeing seeing how much money I would take or, um, you know, if I was interested in, in um, certain situations with, with certain teams. And, um, you know, it, that, that feeling kind of relit that feeling of like, OK, this can happen. This can really happen. Like just continue to believe in it. Um, and then I, I got a phone call in the third round originally um, with the Mets asking if, um you know, if I would be interested and, and um, talking about money. And that was kind of the point right there where I was like, you know what, like I'm making this decision right now. I'm, I'm going to continue to speak it the rest of the day that I'm getting drafted today, whether it's with the Mets or, or the two or three other teams that were um, pretty consistently contacting me. I was like, this is going to happen today. Um, so I just tried to try to keep a positive mindset through all of that because that was, that was definitely uh, – it was a difficult day, but it was also very exciting and, and emotionally just a roller coaster ride. Um, going from, you know, trying to speak that and, and manifest it into existence of, of just you're getting drafted and then having those those overwhelming feelings of like, ah, it's not there yet. Like, it's still that fairy tale, fairy tale dream that's that's just out of your grasp. Um, so, um, I mean, it, it's a day I'll never forget. I had uh, a lot of friends and family uh, come by and, and share it with me. I had a couple coaches that that had helped me throughout the way. And um, you know, it was just an amazing experience overall. You get drafted. There's no minor league season, so there's nothing for you to do there. They have right. instructs. You go to instructs. That gets shut down because of COVID. So you, your whole life, you're waiting for this moment. You're, you're building up to, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. You're telling yourself this in your mind. You're, you're manifesting it into an existence. And then finally, we get to May of this year, where you're playing a real game against a real team. What was that like for you to step on that mound for the first time? I would have been sobbing like a baby <laughs> as I threw my first pitch. Well, to be honest, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've always been pretty good with, with staying calm in the moment. And, and just, like I said, that, that tunnel vision where when it's, you know, time to execute something or, or you're in that moment of, of being in a game, just really being focused on getting the job done. Um, 
And the the bullpen pitches warming up uh, before before I got in the game, I was a little shaky. My hands were a little like I was antsy. My hands were were a little unsteady, and um, I don't know. I don't really remember throwing too many strikes in the bullpen before I went in that first time. I think it was just more so that that uh, excitement and like the. I guess it was a little bit of nerves as well, um, but I I specifically remember as I was running out of the bullpen and and. Um, I looked, uh, I looked up at, at Hayden Sanger, who was catching, um, and I threw that first, that first warm-up pitch fastball in between innings. And I want to say I threw it for a strike right down the middle. And I was like, I'm good. Like that, that moment of just like calmness and, um, you know, being locked back in, I'm, I'm getting the job done. Just everything just locked back in and, and. I was excited for a guy to get in the box. I almost didn't want to throw any more warm-up pitches. I just wanted to get it going and, and start that officially be able to say like, all right, you've, you've pitched in professional baseball. And, and um, I mean, I think I threw an inning and a third or something like that. And, and it felt like it was probably 30 seconds like that, that experience went by so quick. And um, that, that emotional moment came for me after the game. Um, I actually got my first strikeout that game. Um, so I, they, you know, they kept the ball for me. You always see that on TV. You always see like somebody gets their first strikeout in, in the majors and you see everybody like they, they throw the ball to the side and, and into the dugout. And um, I actually ended my inning with a strikeout and Sanger came up and, and handed me the ball. And I just was like, whoa, like emotionally, like I'm about to lose it. Like I got to the game's not over yet. I can't cry. I can't like I don't want to be too up or down. Like I, I want to be here for the guys and stay in this moment. But um I remember sitting at my locker after the game and I took a, I took a picture of the baseball um, and, and put it on my Instagram story. Um, and that was, that was just a moment for me right there where I just kind of sat in my locker, had my head down for a second and was like, wow, this is actually for the first time. Like it's real. Like I'm really doing this. Yeah. That, that first game, me and Keith were sitting, you know, doing social media and stuff. And I think it was your mom tweeted something and I just wanted to run and give her a hug. Like I was like, <laughs> I've never met this dude. I'm nervous as hell for him and his mom. Like, this is nuts. Like this is un- unreal. So that was a, that was yeah. a special moment for, well, for us. And I can't and imagine if you met like, my mom, <laughs> she is, when she comes to games, she paces, she gets extremely anxious. So I know she was probably watch it because I know I don't think we had a live stream for that game but I know she was probably watching the the box scores and um I mean I can only imagine she was probably pacing in the house uh back home in Chicago it's such a this is it's so good but it continues like now you're here you're you're a part of professional baseball and you'll deal with the this the ride to Jersey Shore was an easy one but the ride back from uh, South Carolina, I'm sure, sure was not a not an easy one, but uh, now you're in the rhythm and you're you're part of it. Uh, does it still feel like kind of the the fairy tale phase, the happiness phase, uh, where you're sitting now? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm continuing to be uh, extremely grateful for every day and every opportunity I get to pitch. Um, you know, every day I wake up and I'm like, yeah, this is this is incredible. Like I'm actually playing professional baseball. Like it's my job. Like some people are, are, you know, they're going to going to work and, it, you know, they're doing their nine to five. And like I wake up and I have to work like my my job is to throw a ball and get better at throwing a ball and getting guys out. And, um, you know, I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, I think it's starting to set in now. Um, understanding um, how much talent there is on, on our team, on other teams, just in general, how much how much baseball talent there is at the professional level. And um, really understanding like you, you as much as I dove into um, getting really knowledgeable and, and getting a lot better at my game in college uh, after the cancer diagnosis that this only continues and it's it's 
almost even harder at this rate because you have to be on top of your game all the time. So I wouldn't say it's like that, that fairy tale feeling all the time. Now it's that realization of what it really is and, and understanding that, um, you know, it's not all fun and games sometimes like after, you know, giving up the, the walk-off home run to end the series in, in um, South Carolina, uh, that was a really humbling moment for me. And, and you know, kind of got my head back on straight and, and realizing that, you know, no matter how good your last outing is, you're probably going to have one one or two days later. And, and each day, like, you can build off of a good outing and you just the same way you could build off of a bad outing and, and continuing to focus on every day, doing little things to get better. Um, and, and, you know, taking advantage of the free time and, and this beautiful field. Like, I'm, I'm sitting out here in the stands right now and just – you know, watching watching the Phillies get ready to, um, you know, get warmed up and take BP here. And, um, you know, I just – I never take it for granted, but it's that, that realization of, you know, you got to really lock in. Everybody's out here working hard, trying to get better. And, um, you know, one good outing or one bad outing doesn't determine where you're at, and, and you got to continue to grow every day.